welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest all the way across the pond. Wendy Nash has a four-year somatic Psychotherapy diploma, her Bachelor of Psychology honors thesis, studied the effects of loving kindness meditation on pro-social behavior, and she's been practicing loving kindness and other meditations for almost 20 years. These inform her work with clients who are interested in learning how to integrate various meditation practices in daily life. These qualifications and experiences have been profoundly positive on her well-being and relationships and turned around the negative negatives of difficulty early in life experiences. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lance. It's really lovely to be here. Before I go on, I just want to do two things that I always like to start uh, the show with because it's really important to, I think it's really important to acknowledge how many people are part of this process. We don't, it's not like, okay, you and me, we've just suddenly popped here into podcast land out of nowhere we come with this large system. So first up, I'd like to say thank you very much to you, Lance, for having me on the show. And also to our listener, because without you, actually, there's no point to this. And also the technical people who put together all the cameras, the mics, the internet, the computers, all those people. And the truth is that uh, even people you don't like who have podcasts who you go, oh my goodness, I hate that guy. I hate that woman. They actually are part of this whole landscape because without that uh, work that they're doing, all those numbers and data, we're so obsessed by that number crunching data analysis thing that if you don't get your numbers and how does it compare, actually it doesn't happen. So that's, so I just wanted to show appreciation for everyone who does anything. So if you download a show, other another show, and watch this one, even that other download is part of this show because we're all caught in that, you know, numbers of I've got to get my figures and all that sort of stuff. So the stats game. Yeah, thanks for that. So, uh, yeah. The other thing I the other thing I just want to do is I just want to say also that um, I'm calling from Gubby Gubby Country in Queensland, so as you can tell, I um, am from Down Under, and the reason I like to introduce that partly it's an Aboriginal um, a way of respecting Aboriginal people because they have been working in this country for fifty thousand to seventy thousand years, and they've taken really good care of it, and they've really known how to listen to people, stories, the land, the sky, and the whole planet, and really thought about what's going to work, what doesn't, how things are going to go ahead, what do you want to leave behind. And the sort of basic philosophy is that everything I do, I am related to people and, and objects. And also that whatever wherever I have come from, all my ancestors, they actually contribute to me being here today. And without knowing where you have come from, you cannot know where you are now, which means that it's difficult to know where you're going unless you include all of that history. Really, you're just like running around like a mad chicken. So I just like to say thank you very much to our elders who have been caring 
for this country. Thank you. And thank you, Lance, for letting me do my, my yeah. funny introduction. Sure thing. Uh, so before we get into exactly what you do, I, I always want to, I'm interested to hear, like, how did you get here? You know, are you from a family of entrepreneurs? You know, you're practicing solo, as far as I understand. Are you the first? You know, give us a little origin story. I don't have, I didn't, I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs at all. I'm the first, although, you know, I guess, you know, my, my mother did some consulting work when I was a child. I remember her doing that um, before she retired. But yeah, basically, my family aren't that way inclined. Um, I came from quite a difficult childhood. I just had a lot of really complicated things to deal with. And uh, I just, but I just kept trying, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away to try and figure out how to be happy. I listened to my parents. I listened to my friends. I looked around the world. I, I lived in London. I live, I worked for Microsoft in Paris and when I didn't even know what Microsoft was. So that was the early days, clearly. And, um, and I've lived in Sweden and I kept trying to think, how can I be happy? I read lots of psychology books. I looked at leaders around the world, wherever I was, and they seemed to be having doing stuff which made everybody else unhappy and not making anybody happy. So I was just always bemused by how to be live well in life, to live positively. I, you know, I was raised with positive thinking, but that really didn't work for me. So I thought I kind of had it together. I went and saw different counsellors over the years, but nothing was really kind of changing at a systemic level. And then my marriage fell apart. And as you know, if you've ever had a relationship that's crashed and burned like that, a big life event, then it makes you, it's an opportunity. Not everybody does it. Some people go through and they go, they're the problem. And that's why it failed because they were entirely bad. But I took it as an opportunity to go, hmm, he was actually a really nice guy. I wasn't always a nice person. And I've been unkind, like all those bosses I've seen before, I am doing the same thing. Something is here, but I don't know what I'm doing. So I then set about learning kind of, I, I, I found a really good therapist and, and she said, you're wound up like a clock. You need to take up meditation. So that was the beginning. And slowly and slowly, 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 I learned to implement all the kind of thought, the sort of how those thoughts that I had, my ideas, the Im impacted how I behaved and then how that affected relationships, how that made me feel well or not, and which relationships was I crashing and burning and how is that all happening? And it's not always pleasant. Like I, I had to go, wow, sometimes I'm a real bitch. Like it was not pleasant. And uh, so, but sometimes I was like, wow, she is a bitch. So I, I kind of had to learn kind of I was more able to discern my own voice to hear myself to be able to be more judicious about how I was behaving and the impact that I had in my relationships so I came from a very very traumatized place and I want to say to people who come from very very difficult circumstances you can work it out it's not straightforward but it is possible but the only person who's going to do it is you and it, it just you you just got to figure it out how it's going to work so um the one common denominator in all your relationships is you 
So that's kind of the buck stops with you. And, and that's what I learned. And I tell you now, after all these years, the, I am super grateful that I took that, I had that courage to learn to introspect, to own up to where I was going wrong and inquire into my deep emotional landscape. And that, that journey, I look around and now that I'm not in my 20s anymore, I just see that has absolutely been the one single best thing that I have done in my whole life of all living abroad, working here, trying many things. That approach is the single best thing. So anyway, sorry about that. I got a little bit distracted in there. Well, very nice. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, so we live in the age of social media and, uh, you know, people uh, you've seen in the headlines most recently, even, um, you know, people getting offended if they're wearing something uh, scantily in like uh, a gym situation. But really, at the end of the day, the person that was taking the video is like they're all about the clicks. Right. So it's all about trying to use this narcissism that we see in society. And so I would love for you to unpack, you know, what is the current state of narcissism and do you think it's a positive thing or a negative thing? And, and, and what should people be doing in the age of social media to try to tamp that down? Well, first, with social media, remove as many apps as you can from your phone. If you need it for your work, you know, uh, I mean, I think marketing people, they really need to be on top of the game. And so that's, I, that's a sort of a separate category um but if you don't actually need that for your job remove it from your phone keep it on your pc by all means but or your your mac by all means but off the off the phone off the tablet definitely i would suggest that you'd be amazed how much happier you are mm -hmm. um as for narcissism narcissism is a really misunderstood mechanism of the mind um so it's really it, you know the it comes from the story of echo and narcissus where she a spell was cast on her and her role was to repeat the last words of of the person she met and she saw narcissus looking at himself and she was required to just repeat the last words of him. And he was so entranced by his beauty when he looked in the pond. So that's the original story of it. And what, um, what narcissism is, the way that I see narcissism with, through my psychotherapy training, is that it's a, it sort of arises out of a wound from not integrating emotions at a time when we felt we were under-resourced. So um, it, the, how do I, where do I go with that? So if you think about it, you've got sort of two parts to the mind. You know, when you've been like caught in a rage and you're like really pissed off with them and you do something really dumb. And then afterwards you go, ah, fuck, what was I thinking? So they're the two parts of the mind. So one is the kind of, the narcissism, the, the ego, the opinionated mind that's making you kind of do shitty behaviors. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of the mind is kind of uh, in a karma space and going, you need to keep your relationships going. You need to keep your relationships going. But they don't, don't always know how to 
one is slow and one is quick. I think uh, Daniel Kahneman did a, a book about thinking fast and slow. I haven't read the book, but it wouldn't surprise me if this is what he was describing. So what happens with narcissism? It's a, it's a normal developmental stage. Everybody goes through it. You know, do you have kids? Four. Okay. So you know when they get to sort of, you know how self-centered they are in the early years. I don't care what you're doing. You have to pay attention to me. Every mm -hmm. time I don't have something, I don't have my need met. I'm going to just really make sure that you know. So, yeah, and they do that. But in order to, to, you can either pacify them, but that's not really attending to the emotional landscape. That's just going, get out of my way. But if you actually spend your time going, well, what does this person care about? What does this child care about? Then you go, ah, I know. And that resolves the narcissism. So it helps that part of the mind that is like, you have to pay attention to me. You have to see me. You have to attend to my needs and helps them join up with that inner landscape so that they no longer feel distressed by feeling like they're on their own, having to figure it out, sort of riding over their emotional landscape, hardening up, you know, stiffening, contracting the body so that they connect into the whole thing and they become more placid and soft and integrated. And the more that you can integrate all those emotions, the more that that child becomes more agile, compassionate, soft. But if a child is always pacified or go outside or um, gratified, I'll give you something, mm -hmm. then, then that opportunity to soften the body is never allowed. So it's a very, it's actually a very physical thing. You know, if you meet somebody who's narcissistic, often they're quite stiff and tight in their body. Yeah. Yep, in that aggressive style. So the aggressive style of narcissism, that's what that will do. Um, some people have an identity where they are the intellectual one. So Eckhart Tolle says, I was not very, he says to Russell Brand, I was not very attractive. I was not handsome like you. You are a good looking fellow. I was like, uh, so I had to do uh, very clever. I was intelligent. So I took on identity as being very intelligent person. So excuse my very bad Eketol accent. And um, and so he, he, but he talks about how Russell Brand took on, takes on the kind of, I'm a, I'm a really cool hip guy and I'm good looking and I can get the girls. And how Eketol, he has a very different style of personality and he said, I'm going to be very clever. So that is because underneath there's this, this sort of wounding that the only way the person could get through those very difficult times, those isolating times when they felt like they were really struggling to, to do something, they couldn't, they just didn't have the emotional softening around them where somebody could sit there and, and really feel into where, where they kind of cared for them. So that's how it arises at a developmental stage. So you have narcissistic tendencies. I have narcissistic tendencies. I know somebody who's enlightened and he has narcissistic tendencies because he had a very traumatized childhood and yet his, he's able to see clearly in many ways but these old wounds still there. So it, it, it's, it's not straightforward, that path. So if, if you allow me, um, 
a little bit more time to explore how it arises and how to work with it in yourself when you're in that rage. So is that okay if I keep going? Yeah, sure. Yep. So um, what I've noticed, and this is just something I've, I've really come to see in the last two days in my own practice, understanding. So, you know, when you've got those crazy thoughts, you know, you're awake at three o'clock in the morning, it's like, and he said, she said, she said, he said, he said, and then this happened and that happened and it's not fair and I'm the good one and all that conversation that this is the universal whirring mind at three o'clock in the morning. Everybody's voice is exactly the same. And I was really amused to discover that that it's always from primary school. Like I'm always, it's like I'm like seven. I'm always in this primary school age. It's really very strange. But what I came to see is that is the second part of a two-part process, probably a three-part process. The first part is actually, they're, they're, it refers back to an interaction. When you have that moment, it refers back to an interaction where it felt like the other person was indifferent to your needs and feelings. Does that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. So if you bring to mind a wearing mind, I'm not going to inquire what that yeah. is. Yeah. But but you've got a sort of a rah, 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 rah going on. So that that person, the other person you were in, interacting with, was um, somehow you felt doesn't matter if it's true or not, but you felt they were indifferent to your needs and wants. And so what the mind will do, the mind that is the opinionated mind, the narcissistic mind, the ego mind, will shut down your feelings and say, I'm going to be indifferent to those at the moment. It's not safe. I'm just going to get through this interaction. Keep the interaction safe. Keep your relationship safe and connected as much as possible. So this is going to be keeping you safe. You get to the end of the interaction and then later when the body starts to relax, the mind goes, okay, here's the deal. You've got to figure out, you've got to catch up with those emotions that were missing and I'm not going to let you think about anything at all else or do anything else until you are connected to those emotions. So... I'm just going to make you think and 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 think until you've dealt with this. And most people at that point start going and finding a new distraction because it's so intense and distressing and it feels like you're in a little hamster wheel and you just don't know where the exit is. So if you ignore that, that becomes more narcissism it becomes more identity i'm the good guy i did the right thing even if i didn't do the right thing i had good cause so that's what that voice is doing but it's also saying there's a, a it, it, in that conversation as you bring that to mind there will be kind of a each it looks it seems like it's one thought but it's actually each of those sentences was but then he did that and then I said that, and then she said that, and, and then that's not fair. It's like when I was at, at school, when I was 10, and then my mum said that, and my dad said that. Okay, each of those is a separate thought. And each of those thoughts 
is held together in its commonality by the emotional quality of it. So when you've got that worrying mind, the, the ticket out, out of the hamster wheel is to go, what is the emotion common to all these thoughts? Now, the answer will just arise. I find now after all these years, it comes up pretty quick, but sometimes it doesn't. And you might find you're in the little hamster wheel again, in which case, just come back and say, what is the emotion common to all these thoughts? And then it will give you an answer. It might be three days later or whatever. And then you have your answer. And then that's the end. That knot, the little hamster wheel knot, is then done. So the first part is that you have an interaction where somebody is indifferent to your feelings and needs. The second part is the hamster wheel when the body starts to calm down. And the third part is inquiring what is the emotion common to all these thoughts and waiting for the answer to arise. That it was a long-winded answer to your question about what is narcissism and how to deal with it. But when people, and I know this from my own experience because I, because I was so traumatized, what I did, I was very grandiose and superior and condescending and self-righteous, just like everybody else in my family, mm -hmm. and critical. And um, the problem was always them. And I felt very, very entitled. And then in therapy and meditation, I've just sort of unpacked all that. And I realized that, yeah, actually, there was this huge wounding where I felt, I had felt so ashamed of my life in so many ways, but I couldn't touch into that because it was too painful. And it was, yeah, it was, it's who wants to own up to all that shame. And I felt ashamed of my life and what I'd had to live through and, and everything like that. Yeah, sure. Self-ownership is, uh, you know, taking taking ownership of, of, of your own problems is, is a big challenge for sure. So on that note of challenges, um, th this podcast is aimed towards uh, entrepreneurs and startups and, and, and a lot of architects, designers and stuff like that. So I'd love to hear your take on what do you think the biggest challenge is for entrepreneurs and startup founders? I think it's not being able to, not having skills to listen to listen to themselves, to get caught with the latest trend, to not be aware of when they're burning out or going down a rabbit hole, which is not really a wise one and not knowing how to listen to others um, well, get this done, do that. Why haven't you done it? And instead of just, well, get it done, then simply here's the, here's the key question to um about how to listen well somebody comes to you with a problem okay i haven't done it okay then you say well tell me more about what's where where the issue is so the first part is tell me more and that gives you a little bit more time to kind of bring the body and mind forward to meet that person and it gives a chance to get more context the next question is, because they'll then sort of open out and share what it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then the next question is, what I hear you care about is, you're unclear about where you're going, you're trying to get it done, you've got a whole lot of demands, they're, 
the, you're trying to do the right thing by these 10 people, the, the job wasn't uh, well-defined, whatever, the, type, the deadline's too tight, you don't have enough money, um, yeah, you've got 20 million other things to do and, and all that. So, but, so what I hear you care about is doing a good high quality job, but not having sufficient resources, for instance. And then you just step through with that and go, um, what do you think is the next step? Or what do you need from me to support you? And then at the end of the conversation, you can say, so what's your sense of the conversation and how do you feel about how it went? And it's really quick, actually, that conversation. Mm -hmm. that, that's a very quick conversation. And you can hear in, in what I've done, if we had had that conversation, you would feel quite well heard. Yeah, yeah, which is very critical. And a lot of, there's a lot of service-based uh, folks that listen to this. So I think that is, that is absolutely crucial. Obviously, if you're not listening to your customers um, and, and, and then asking them you know, those sort of methodical questions that you did and like, how can I support you in that in, in these decisions or these wants, these needs? Very, very critical. Um, so, you know, I'm reading your title here, Wendy, Kindly Cut the Crap Meditation Coach. Uh, so on that meditation note then, um, and, and still talking about entrepreneurs and startup founders, how, how do you think meditation can support, can help entrepreneurs and startup founders? It slows you down. <clears throat> like it slows, it gives your body a moment. I know I talk, I've talked a lot about the body, but it slows the body down and it gives you a few minutes to do that. Um, excuse me. Uh, and I think that then gives a, an opportunity to be more judicious in how you move. I also think that there are different meditation practices. So the one that people commonly have is mindfulness, but I actually prefer ones where you can do just on the go as you go through life. Not everybody's, you know, if you've got a toddler, you know what it's like, if you've got kids at home and you've got to run them here, there and everywhere, get breakfast on, dinner on, prepare shopping, go here, go there, run her over, then all these kind of demands. You don't always have 20 minutes to sit on your bum and sit there and try and get a bit of clarity. So what I, I think this is the single best meditation practice. As you go through your day, every time you interact with someone, see if there's a part or perhaps every time, see if that person has done something to make go out of their way, know, small or large, to make you feel well. Mm -hmm. So somebody might write thank you in an email. Somebody might prepare documents which are very clear for a meeting. They've prepared them. Somebody has, maybe somebody has set up a meeting. Maybe somebody has gone grocery shopping and so you didn't have to. Maybe somebody made a meal so you didn't have to do that. Maybe that person made a meal that you like. They thought as they went down the grocery aisle, actually, this person wants me to be well and happy. Maybe somebody opened a door for you, bought you a coffee. They're tiny, tiny, tiny little gestures. It's not the big gratitude movement. I'm so grateful for all these mm -hmm. shitty things that happen in my life because I'm so, you know, I'm not grateful for my shitty life, but, yeah. you know, I've made the best of it. But, um, but I would say that, but if you spend all your time looking for acts of kindness the other person has done to make you feel well, 
no matter how small, you'll find you become more buoyed because what you're doing is you're really attending, you're becoming aware of what is here in this moment. There's no other moment. Yeah. It's here. So in this moment, I appreciate that what I've seen you do is A, you've invited me on the show. B, you've listened really well. C, you've taken notes to think about where to go, what, how to have the conversation. You've thought about how I will come across and how, how that will work for our listener. And there's a, and you've thought about how all the technical equipment comes together to make sure it runs smoothly. Gives them, it's enough time to give them a bit of content, not so much time that it's gonna be burdensome in their day. So you've taken all these ways, these small gestures, some of them small, some of them not. You've been polite with me. You've been curious about the questions and thinking, I'm going to ask questions that my community wants to hear. And I've made an effort with my appearance or the rest. And we yeah. turned up on time. So all these, all these kind, they seem so, they're like, yeah, of course I'm going to do that. But actually, there's a lot of goodwill and kindness, care, thoughtfulness for us two and also the people who are listening to the show. Yeah. So just simply noticing that will make you feel happier. You haven't done anything more. You're happier. You just do that. That's, that's good enough. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's uh, you, you're you're boiling it down. If I had to boil it down, it would be you're really looking for those little things that maybe get overlooked. And all of those little things, kind of like how you started out with your with your intro after I introduced you about acknowledging all the connectivity of it all in order to literally make this moment for thirty minutes happen that we could connect. Um, so that was fantastic, Wendy. Uh, last two questions here as we're running up on the half hour is yep. knowing knowing what you know now and if you could go back in time to when you first started your coaching business, what is one piece of advice you give your former self? A, oh, what would I say? I would say uh, it doesn't matter if you don't get it right and clients leave. It probably means you're doing a rubbish job with what you're doing and maybe because I started off doing wellness well-being and burnout mm -hmm. and I just went yeah that's not working so I had to rethink and a friend said uh take a do meditation because that's that's your real strength and so I listened to him and I thought yeah and that after I did that through the roof good to go yeah beautiful I love it. I just love how much self ownership you have and you're taking it upon yourself. I mean, you even just said there that like, well, maybe it was me doing rubbish, you know, providing a rubbish style practice and I had to pivot from there. And now you're, you know, a successful person here sitting with me and telling me about um, all of these wonderful things. So Wendy, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate uh, the length you go to explain some of these things because I do think it's there's there's deeper meaning even in that word narcissism. That was very helpful. Um, if if our listeners are are hearing you and they want to reach out, they want to learn more about what you do, how they can help their business, and just personally as well um, through your meditation coaching, where can people find and follow you? 
So I've got uh, a website, kindlycutthecrap.com. Business advisors thought that was a shitty name and they thought I should change it, but I stuck to my guns and everybody else loves it and it's unforgettable for sure. Um, If you sign up, I've got five meditations to do on the go. One of them I've just told you about, but I've got some other ones. And I've also got a thing at the moment where um, we're just in the final stage of setting it up on the website. But if you want to have a meditation tailored to your need, then I can do that. I'll put it up on the website. It becomes part of a library, so it won't have your name or anything. But say if you want to learn more about loving kindness or you have a particular theme, working with anger, then I can create a 5, 10, 15 minute video um, recording for you and you can use that and forevermore. And I'll just keep adding to the library. So please feel welcome to put that through. Fantastic. Wendy, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, We wish you nothing but success in the future and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. And also for the people who are in the very dynamic construction space, because wow, there's a lot of CO2 emissions there. It's a lot of confusion. Good luck with that. Wish you well.